Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the product page and all the things you need to do to make sure this works for your website. We're going to be going through one of our demo sites that we've been setting up and talking about the progress there. So let's get started. Okay, hello, everybody. And uh, it's just me, Mark, this week. Uh, Ian is at uh, Disneyland Paris and I think somewhere else in Paris with five children. So um, he said it's a little bit chaotic and a little bit noisy there. But in the interest of kind of consistency and talking about what we've got going in the Facebook group and also what we're talking about on the email list this week, we're talking about product pages. And I wanted to just come online and talk a little bit about what's working on product pages. Now, Ian and I have done quite a few podcasts on product pages uh, in the past. Um, you know, some of the Add to Basket podcasts are really focused on uh, on product pages. Um, the, the Bounce Rate podcasts are also focused on, 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 uh, on the product page. Uh, a, a lot of that is because increasingly um, e-commerce is uh, being driven by Google Shopping, and paid advertising in terms of that. If you've got a site that is running Facebook ads, for example, you might have less pressure on the product pages, but even on Facebook ads, we still have a lot of um, carousel ads and, and, and ads that are, are driven by the product feed. So the product page is becoming increasingly important and we need to make sure that we get the bounce rate down of the product page and we actually make the business work. Um, so therefore, what, what people see when they land on the product page is going to be really important. So I've recorded some product page optimization training, which is available in the show notes. So you can go and grab that. And I just wanted to talk through my experiences recently by starting a new site. So I, I, I'm not sure if you know, but I run um, a couple of groups, um, mentoring groups, and one of them is the 20K Core and the other one is the level two group. And for the 20K core group, um, because I hadn't started a new e-commerce site for a, for a while, I wanted to start a new site from scratch to be put myself in the same position again as everybody else and build that through. And um, it's it's been it's been a real eye opener because I think a lot of the time when you start a business again from scratch for the first time you see a lot of challenges that you may have forgotten you had. So the way I look at this um, demo business that I'm running, um, which is embedding um, at the moment, I picked quite a competitive market. Um, I wanted to go after something that um, seemed quite hard um, rather than you know being successful in something that you know, I kind of knew was working for the sake of working. Um, so it's embedding. And um, the way I look at that business uh, is effectively, I'm not really doing anything on that business apart from product page optimization and Google Shopping. And because I know that that's going to be the core of the business 
And once I get that working to a decent return on investment, then um, I will expand into probably some Facebook ads and maybe some Pinterest, some TikTok or, or wherever I'm going to go. But the core of it I want for this business is going to be Google Shopping. I very really haven't added email to it too much. I'm doing abandoned basket emails and abandoned product emails, but I'm not actually sending any emails out yet. And the reason for that is because, you know, it's not my first rodeo. I've, I've got three or four other businesses that I'm running. And, you know, for lack of time, um, I, I'm going to get the core right. And um, because of lack of time, it's probably taking me a little bit longer than, than, I, than I'd like, but it, it's, it's getting there and, and the ROAS is coming up. And the learnings that we've got from that um, have been quite interesting. So the product page checklist in the book, which we go through, obviously we've, we've, we've done all the product page checklists in the book and that's helped, but you know, they are checklists that they are necessary, but not necessarily su sufficient. And you will get gains from going through those checklists and making sure that they're there, but it's not necessarily going to, you know, create the business that you actually need, you know, we have to go a little bit further. And um, it's a bit like having a physical shop, you know, you could have the shop in the wrong location, and you could polish the glass on the window forever. And it's still not going to make any difference to actually where you are. So, or you could have the right location, but the wrong product, or you could have the wrong offer. So what's worked for us to get the ROAS on this, this startup um, has been a few things. One of the most important things was, was the offer. So we um, effectively, what I'm starting to say to people on the 20K core is no offer, no sales. Like it's becoming super important to get started because if you want to disrupt a market with your new uh, site or, or an existing site, you want to, you, you've got to pull business away from somebody else, somebody else that they may uh, be buying from. And you've effectively got to turn their head towards your business instead of somebody else. So, you know, embedding, we're coming up against some big incumbents with lots of reviews and lots of um, history. And obviously they, they've split tested their landing pages and everything's working and they've got traction and they've got thousands of people following them on social media. And so really the only way we can get attention is by having, having an offer. And I, I've been asked to look at probably three or four sites this week um, where we do, you know, some one-on-one -on -one, um, mentoring with some of these bigger, bigger accounts. And the, the, the one thing that comes out is, is offer architecture. And so the first thing on the product page is, you know, we want to have an offer and we don't necessarily just want to have money off. We want to have a reason, um, you know, you know, maybe a, a two for a three for two offer or, or some mechanism or free gift with purchase over a certain amount. And the biggest mistake I see is people having offers without telling people when those offers are going to run out. Now, you might want to run the offer for two months. You might say, I'm going to have, you know, a 30% off offer uh, for the next two months. Um, but each every two weeks, you might want to call it something different. So at the moment, it will be your spring sale. Then the week after, it will be your Easter sale. Then it might be your long weekend sale. You would you would craft it. So effectively you're having an offer all the time. Um, you probably want to come out of the offer sometimes if, if you've got a kind of business where people come back to every day, the mistake people make with sites like bedding is that 
people are only buying once, 1.2 times a year on average. So the, the idea that they're going to keep coming back to the site and just going, well, these guys are always on offer is, is, is a myth. Effectively, you need to show up at the time when the buyer shows up with a reason for them to buy today. So the first thing is to understand your offer architecture. And we've done podcasts on offer architecture and how to get that right and do those kind of things. And obviously, we go into it more detail in the, in the programs. And if you need help with that, just reach out to us. But once you've got your offer, the most important thing you can do with that is amplification of the offer. It is so We are so close to our websites that when we put an offer on the site, it's most likely going to be missed. And even if it's not missed, making it louder and more visible around the places where people look is going to increase the conversion rate. I can't emphasize that enough. And you see it across very competitive markets. I was looking at um, online photo frames in the UK uh, for somebody yesterday. And you could really see the ones that stood out. The ones that stood out had the offer architecture. They'd got the reason to buy today. They got the time element. They got a good offer. And it was amplified in the right places. So the places where people are looking is around the add to basket button, around the the uh, the title and the price, and of course on the on the image um, there. So that's the first thing we've learned, and we've really ramped up the return on investment by amplification of the offer and getting the offer right. The other thing is when we have an offer, um, betting is betting is very price competitive. So when somebody comes onto Google Shopping, for example. Um, if we're running a 50% off offer and the sheet is for £100 on the, on the website, we don't want to put £100 onto Google Shopping. We want to have the price in Google Shopping to be pre-discounted to be £50, and then they land on the site and the coupon is automatically applied. And so therefore, we get the best of both worlds. We get the, the, the world where we can offer a coupon to non-Google customers and, and people on the email list and the affiliates, but we can still have the low price in Google Shopping. And we've managed to do that with... Um, Magento sites and Shopify sites now, and that's working really well. So it gives us something to also remarket to the people with that offer. Whereas if we just had, you know, the price and the lowest price across all channels, then it doesn't give us any wiggle room to offer to affiliates in the future and, and all that jazz. So offer architecture has been super, super key. And the other thing that has been really big for us, which was a learning, was, um, was imagery. And it's something that, um, you know, everybody knows good imagery sells. Um, but, you know, we'd spent a lot of money on a photo shoot and we could see they weren't quite right, but they were okay. But we launched with those products and those images and we sold okay, but our ROAS was not profitable. And, you know, we kind of put that down. Perhaps this is because it's new business. We didn't have any reviews and all that kind of stuff. But now we've got better photography and the offer architecture working, we're seeing the, the uh, return investment on, on the ad spend come up massively. So, um, you know, if you are selling into something that's aspirational, like, like bedding or home decor, you know, the, 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 the imagery is where you want to invest. In fact, a lot of the businesses we've built over the years have been done so by fantastic imagery. Um, you know, like take, take Cox and Cox back in the day, you know, they used to go and buy from a local supplier in Manchester, which everybody used, they basically just photo uh, photographed those products better than everybody else, and therefore they could sell them more than everybody else. And it was the photo that really sold the, um, the products. Very similar to when someone buys a house. Someone buys a house with a vision, 
They come in, they implement that vision, and they can flip the house in a month and suddenly sell it for more because they've come and they've presented it to the buyer in a better way. So imagery was, it has been super, super important. And then, of course, you know, we've been very mindful of the uh, anxiety analysis around bedding. We, we've done a deep dive into the reviews. Um, we know the messages that people are looking to, um, uh, that, that they're afraid of and what they're talking about in the reviews. We know the returns policy. We need to make sure that we're better than everybody else so we can have reduce that risk. And um, you know we can start to see how we can increase the average order value over time. So effectively, when we're looking at the product page and I'm launching a business, I'm looking at a core of a website because I know that the if I can get the ROAS, say I let's say for the business sake, let's I've done you know, the margin calculator sheet. And if you haven't got the margin calculator sheet, Google Hamsley Brothers Margin Calculator and find that podcast and download the margin calculator sheet. But that will tell you effectively what profit um, is going to be driven by what ROAS on paid traffic. So let's say for, for argument's sake, we need overall about 3.5 um, return on investment on Google Ads, 350% ROAS. Um, it, it, if I'm running Google Ads and I'm seeing a return on spend of 1.5, I know that adding all the other stuff later on, like email, um, you know, abandoned baskets, um, repeat customers, um, you know, maybe even some other marketing channels, um, maybe some SEO, it's not enough to get me from 1.5 to 3.5. So what I'm doing really is I'm making sure this business has legs by getting the, the ROAS to around about 2.5. If I want to hit 3.5 overall, I'm getting it to around 2.5 on um, pretty much by just building out the good product page and Google Shopping. I'm just really understanding where I am with that and I can, I can get to that level. Because then I know then I can augment that with some email, I can augment that with some av other advertising, I can get better at remarketing, I can get better at my message. But if I can only get to 1.5, then it doesn't really give me much wiggle room to, to move. And so therefore, I don't look at any of the other shiny objects that come along yet. So like we're not doing post-purchase upsells, we're not really doing any upsells on the the basket, we know people are buying the sheets and without the pillowcases, and we, we know all that, and we know we can implement that at some point. But the core conversion rate needs to be to where I need it to be, otherwise, I can't move forward. So I keep myself in that box, in that uh, constraint to focus all my efforts on what matters, and that's the product page and the Google Shopping campaigns. So I'm very much, um, and Google Ads as well, I'm doing some Google Ads. Um, so I'm very much focused on you know, seeing which products I can, um, I can maybe try in Performance Max and which ones I can try in Google Shopping, smart Google Shopping, whether I can use some DSA campaigns on maybe there's a little niche of, of products. Like for example, one product seems to sell really, really well. So how can I extend that more and how can I give that, that, that product more traffic? Um, can I clone that product? In Google Shopping and call it something slightly else, slightly differently. Do I, um, you know, how can I extend what's working? Now, effectively, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what um, 
what we, we're doing. And then the product pages also, you know, we, we've gone back to the person we're working with who's, who's actually doing all the delivery for us. We're, we're not getting involved in, in shipping on, the, on this one. We've got a partner that does that. Um, and, you know, he's moved warehouse three times to reduce the costs because we can see the margin calculator sheet needs to be a certain place. We can see where we need to be. We, we can see we need volume. And so we are building a business model behind that product page that supports where we need to be. And um, what I, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm saying, and I, to be honest, I got no idea what I was going to say before I did this podcast. But what I'm, what I'm saying is that it all starts at the product page, and that's where the war is is fought. And the the idea that you know if something's not working, that you know going through the product page checklist, yes, great, that's that's necessary, but not not sufficient. It's not going to get you everywhere you need to go. You, you, you need to use the margin calculator sheet. You need to use the, the, um, the product page checklist. You need to understand where the market is. You need to do your anxiety analysis. You need to do your, your, your competitor pricing analysis. And, and you need to have your offer dialed in to get everything working. But it, 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 it's, it is still very much about that product page. And that product page is really going to help work out exactly what uh, what happens with your business um, and, and, and not. So um, that's where I'm focusing a lot of my split tests. And we recently talked a little bit about split tests before. If you've not got much traffic, um, I know a lot of people listen to this who've, who've got you know millions of revenue and that's fine. You can split test for revenue. But when you're just getting started like uh, this demo site for me, in a lot of the time I'm split testing on above the fold items just for bounce rate, just for engagement, just understand which images are actually keeping people on the site and give me a chance at selling them something. Because if I lose somebody after three seconds, I'm never going to sell them. So if I can keep them on the site, at least they have a chance further down the line at selling them something. So the first step for me is to make sure people, when they land on the page, salesperson number one, they're staying in the right place and they are, 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 um, are giving, giving me a chance to sell to them. They're, they're seeing the offer, they're understanding the offer, they're understanding the value proposition, and then they'll hopefully start scrolling down the page and see some of the other, other information that we've that we've put on the site to help them uh, make their decision. So um, just a short one this week. I would, um, if you haven't downloaded the product page training, just uh, click in the show notes and um, uh, pop your email to the form. That'll email that, that that training to you. It'll go through some of the checklists that I'm talking about in this podcast. Um, but what I really wanted to kind of emphasize today was more of a high level um, journey, really, of where where we are with our our demo site. Um, our demo site's built on Shopify uh, as well, just because we want to kind of see how that platform works um, and how we get involved in it and, and, and what grows. And we're, we're really enjoying it. Um, and we are, you know, we've been building some Shopify sites for customers as well, which is good. Um, but it's just interesting to see some of the things we've done in Magento, for example. Like so we've obviously got a Magento agency, which we've run. One of our companies is Magento Agency in the UK. Um, you know, recently we started doing more Shopify sites as well. Um, but a lot of the Magento stuff that we did over the past 10 years, you know, obviously we've got, you know, 10 developers plus probably actually. And... You know, we've been able to do whatever we want. You know, someone comes along and say, oh, I want to do this promotion like this and I want to do that. And coming on to Shopify and then trying to be limited by what we can do has been a little bit of a shock. Like that 
thing I was talking about in Google Shopping where we pre-discount down and then and then auto-apply the coupon on, on the Shopify site. The Imagenta, that's very easy. We, we've done it for years uh, with some of, our, some of our biggest clients. It's one of the big, big game-changing wins. We've also done things with, um, you know, uh, those the automatic tools that price check for you across all the brands and then it automatically changes prices in Google Shopping and all that stuff and does it stuff. But when you came to Google Shopping to do something simple like that, that was actually quite difficult because Shopify wants to work in a certain way. It wants to cache the product. Google want, doesn't want to um, use any JavaScript on the page and doesn't see all that. So those kind of things were a little bit, little bit more of a challenge, um, but getting set up was very, very, very quick. So we're probably going to be launching um, new businesses on Shopify. And then if we need to, we might move to Gento if we get to that point. But at the moment, uh, Shopify seems to be where we are uh, with, the, with the demo site. And um, it's going well. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure Ian and I will be back together next week uh, for another uh, episode of the Hammersley Brothers podcast. Uh, great talking to you. Hopefully it hasn't been too much rambling on my own and everybody have a great week and uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Thank you very much. 